So we are continuing this series, actually finishing this series this morning, uh, called titled Why We Do What We Do. And, and through these last five weeks, we've just taken a look at under the hood of our church and, and why we do what we do. And looking at our vision of joining the journey and at our four core values. And as I said, today we're wrapping up this series with our fourth core value this morning. But we're going to continue on as we move into the next series that will be starting next Sunday. And we are going to study through the book of First Timothy. And as we open up First Timothy and to see as a part of our vision, which we, we've seen and, and, through, and learned throughout these last five weeks, is, is that at the end of the spiritual journey, we get to the place where we are mentoring somebody in the faith. Right? Where we are a disciple of Christ that is helping others be a better disciple. And which is why we're moving into First Timothy, because First Timothy, the title of our series, um, you know, theme for First Timothy. As we go through it, we're going to go through it chapter by chapter. We're going to cover the whole book, but but the First Timothy is a letter from Paul to his um, his student in the faith, Timothy, and that Paul is a companion for Timothy and leading him, especially as he stepped into a pastoral role and leading a, a, a oftentimes challenging church and. And, and Paul was encouraging him through the letter, and, and we see again the, the power of, of mentorship in that letter. So we're going to look at that, we're going to continue, continue on into 1 Timothy as we look at the overall vision of, of our church, of joining the journey and helping other people join the journey and move forward in the journey as we ourselves move forward. And, and again, we're, we're going to learn lots from Paul and, and as he mentored Timothy, and, and there's some challenging passages in that letter, there are some encouraging passages. There are lots that we're going to tackle um, as we study First Timothy as we start that uh, series next Sunday. They said, but today we are going to um, wrap up this why we do what we do with core value number four. But before we do that, I just want to quickly go over and in, in review of, of those first three core values that we've looked at through these last several weeks. That as we look first core value number one, and this one is number one because it is the most important one. That Jesus Christ is the destination of our journey. All right, as we join the journey of faith and receiving Christ as our Savior, right, and accept, confessing our sins and being washed clean by his blood and, and starting this new journey of faith, then we start that journey with, with Jesus then not only being our Savior, which happens when we receive him as our, as our Savior, but of how do we make him our Lord, right? And, and um, you'd be easier to see it if we turn the TV on, wouldn't it? The TV might come on. It's always interesting when we rely on our technology, right? It's awesome when it works. And, you know, we're not even sure that our YouTube audience is even seeing it today. I don't think that it's... So, yeah, you know, always... Um, technology's fun, isn't it? So, but... Um, Core value one, right? Jesus Christ is the destination of our journey. We start this, this faith journey and we start moving towards Christ. Right, that he is the our example of where we are headed. He is, um, you know, that he shows us what a life of holiness truly is. Right, and as we continue to now start this new journey, once we receive Christ as our Savior, we join that journey, and then we move forward in our journey, becoming more like Christ tomorrow than we are today. And we know that that journey does not end until we are face to face with Jesus in heaven. And when that happens, right, then that this this earthly faith journey ends and our heavenly journey begins. But Jesus Christ is the destination. He is the center. He is our, 
our example to follow. And that is core value number one. Core value number two is that scripture is our foundation and roadmap for our journey. It gives us the next steps to take. It shows us where to go. It shows us even where we've been. And, and scripture is, is a firm foundation. As Jesus tells us to build our life on the rock, right? the rock of who God is. And scripture is God's love letter to his creation and explains to us his plan of redemption. And we saw last week, as we talked about core value number three of, of how all generations contribute to the journey. One is we see that God's church is all generations, that our kids and our youth and, and our adults and our seniors and, and our men and our women and all the different demographics of the church are all equally important because people matter to God. And again, as a part of this core value that all generations are, are a part, and we focus on all generations, we have you know, um, specific programming for different generations and, and how we have different, different places within the journey, depending on our age or depending on our spiritual maturity, understand that, that they, everyone is a part of God's church today. Right? And how we all have different roles and we can all move from as we start out from consuming the things of God, which is where we start in that journey, but we move from consuming towards contributing. And the more we contribute, the more that we learn about who God is and about who we are, and, and it starts this ongoing cycle in our lives of, of consuming and contributing of the things of God as we become more like Christ every day. And again, we need to continue to move forward in that journey. And then we are then to today of core value Number four, which is everyone is welcome on the journey. And we look at, again, everyone is welcome and, and how that truly is the gospel message is that that's the heart of who God is, that he wants to save everyone. That he loves everyone, even those that, that don't love him back or even those that don't even acknowledge his existence. God does not hold back his love from even them. And that the gospel is truly for everyone. That is the heart of God. That's the core of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ. And is this a value that we will stand upon even within, uh, as a church? And, and will people feel welcomed when they show up here? Or if they interact with our church, whether it's through mini bike soccer or through coming here to vote or through you know, um, coming at Boy Scouts or whatever it is that they, when they come into what we believe here is prayed and anointed as holy ground, are they going to experience a God that loves them? Even if they come here for a reason, not for church. As we look at all of these core values, we again see that and know that everything around us is always changing, that this world is constantly changing. We know that more this year than any other year, don't we? But yet core values are, are exactly that. They are core, right? And they are values we hold to the very center of who we are, and we are committed that these core values will never change, even when our methods might change, even when culture changes around us, that these will not change. We've been looking at 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, and how we see all four core values present in these verses, where it says all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people 
to do every good work. Again, these verses show us the journey. And these first two sentences are all inclusive. It is saying us. It involves the whole world. Everyone is welcome. And the last sentence is then focused on God's people. Right? And, and we become God's people after the first two sentences have taken us to the point of joining the journey of faith. Right? That, that scripture is available and that God wants to work in everyone's life. And again, this core value is not just about the gospel being open to everyone, but um, as much as how we act as God's people. And we look at that, that final verse and how, or that final sentence and how it's focused on God's people and yet to say, as his people, do we reflect the first two verses or first two sentences in the first verse? Or do we reflect that as God's people? As, because, again, Jesus said that people will, will know that you are his followers by how we treat each other and treat other people. Or the people will look at us and learn about God, especially if they don't know about God at all. So do we, as followers of Jesus, do we act like everyone is really welcome? Is that their impression? And that's a, sometimes a hard question to ask, right? Because it's easy for us as insiders within God's church to be like, yeah, we're a very welcoming church. And every church thinks they're a welcoming church. If you're on the inside, it feels that way. But the harder question is to ask, are we welcome to those that are not already on the inside? Right? What is their impression of, of the way we interact with the community? Of if, they just, if they showed up here on a Sunday, what would they feel? What would be their perception of how welcoming we are? As we look, look at all of these core values, we've been looking back to our logo of our church and explaining, again, that our goal in designing that logo was to, to reflect our core values. You see, Jesus Christ is the destination. You see, the cross is at the center of the wagon wheel. It's at the center of the Bible that the cross is the center of everything we do. We see that Scripture, again, is our foundation and roadmap, and it's at the bottom of the logo. It's built upon Scripture, and, and the Bible is open, meaning that we actually read it and we, we interact with it. It's not just a book on the shelf, but one that we read and one that we live out. All generations contribute, and we see, again, the wagon wheel represents the journey of our lives and, and uh, the journey of faith that we are on, and, and on the Oregon Trail, all generations were there, and everybody had a job. Right? And then we see in, in Core Value 4 that, again, everyone is welcome, and everyone's welcome, again, through the journey, but also that the Bible's open, meaning it's available for everyone. Right? We don't hold it back. The message is available, right? The link between God's story of the Bible and our story of the wheel of the journey is the cross, that Jesus is what bridges that gap. And as we see that, and say, but then the real question we're going to ask today in this core value is, are we living that out? Right? Are we living all of these out as they all play together? One of the the things that we like to do as a church is, is to hear from those that have experienced the journey and how God has worked in their lives. And, and um, we invite everyone, right, to, be, to make a journey video and, and talking about their journey and how God has worked. And, and this morning, I want to um, 
give you a glimpse of, of a core family who is now a core value, that family in our church that made a video two years ago. And say I pulled it up, it's been actually about two and a half years ago when they made this video. And, and so we're going to watch their journey video and then uh, I just want to highlight a couple things for you. But let's uh, focus on their story now. He's running. It's like, Farron, we don't have sound. Video and even knowing that. Here, we'll start over. <laughs> and this is my wife, Chelsea, and this is our testimonial video. Um, I just want to say how growing up, never once thought I would be sitting here doing a video and even knowing that there is a journey. Uh, from growing up, I uh, really just knew of Christ, not of what we had to do or what there was more to do. Or I figured just by believing in them, that's all I was going to need. And then as we grew up, as I grew up, I, uh, met Chelsea, and we've always talked about attending church and, you know, having our kids raised up in church. And really in the back of my mind, I was thinking more because I was already a Catholic, I was going to go Catholic style. And no, never happened. So, but as, as we were journeying, um, at the time we didn't even know we were journeying, but uh, I, uh, I can always remember my daughter saying, Dad, why don't we ever go to church? And I would say, well, we just haven't found one. And for me, I mean, that was the easiest way to put it. And really because I wasn't even looking. I just figured by attending with Chelsea as we were going through different churches that, you know, once she found one, we would just, I would settle in and that would be just, just that. But, So, um, as we moved into to uh, Middleton, we uh, we always drove by Oregon Trail. Never once thought about stopping in and going to church there, even trying it. Until one day when Chelsea said, uh, "I stopped by Oregon Trail and signed the kids up for summer Bible study." Okay, and she's like, well, no, you don't understand. you got to have them here like in 30 minutes. It starts today. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's even better. So I hurried up and got the kids ready. And, well, and then we dropped them off. So for me, that was the start of it. Um, we met a lot of nice people when we were coming in. And it just seemed to, to fit us as we attended church the very first time. And the one thing that really caught my mind, and it's sad to say, but was Pastor Brian was talking about how they were just starting uh, church softball. And it was the very first Sunday, and that's so that really caught my mind because I love playing softball. I love playing baseball. I'm a sports fanatic, so I, I mean, that really caught my mind. And, and uh, so we signed up for that on the very first day of church. 
Um, I'm Chelsea Garcia, and this is my testimony. Um, when we were talking about doing testimonials or talking about our journey, um, in the beginning I kept thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Which is extremely unusual for me. I always have a lot to say. Then as I started going over the things in my mind, it, the moments in my life that have been impactful, that have really been milestones, um, and started writing down notes. I, there's two words that just like kept popping out at me. Um, I am blessed and thankful. Um, I, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, I always knew that I always knew about God. I always knew that he had died on the cross for our sins. I went to vacation Bible school. We went to Awanas. I got to go to Shiloh summer camp. Um, we occasionally went to church. I had, I had the bare bones basics. I understood that we, we prayed over our food and we blessed it each day because we were thankful and you prayed at night. Um, but I didn't have that personal relationship with God. I didn't even understand what that was necessarily. Um, but I always just figured there was time for that, I guess. Um, but I knew in my deepest, darkest moments of life when I was the most scared, I would say a prayer in my mind and I'd always feel better. So I guess I justified that that was enough faith. Um, growing older, um, when I came home from college, I was done with school and I met my husband. <laughs> I didn't know he was my husband, and nor could anyone convince me that he was ever going to be my husband. Um, I met this man that I thought was a wild child and lived on the verge of chaos and destruction at times, and my personality was the complete opposite. Um, order and control and so I just wanted to make sure that I had a handle on everything, and, and he's very much the opposite. And I literally, like, turned and walked in the other direction several times. Um, but there was something greater at work there, I believe. Um, the, Lord, the Lord knew what I needed. He knew who I should be walking through life with, who would help me become a stronger, better person. Um, are, there are characteristics in Isaac that I, I don't believe that I would, would ever be able to find in another life partner. Um, he's my best friend, and he is kind and compassionate and amazing, and he makes me a better person. And for that, I am blessed, and I am thankful. Um, when we decided to have a family, um, we, were, we were blessed with a daughter and a son. And we had talked a lot about going to church and finding a church to belong to, but it was always on the back burner. Like, we'd tried a few different ones, and of course it was the awkward, oh, sit in the back, don't talk to anybody, and, and you know, you're in, you're out, okay, we tried it, wait a few more months, try another one. Um, but nothing really seemed to fit. But it, it made us feel better, because we had tried one or two. Um, but as my husband had mentioned in his, our kids, especially our daughter, just kept saying, why don't we go to church? Or my friends mentioned that they go to church. And there was just a pull. There's a pull there that just keeps telling you, you belong somewhere. You need, 
you need to find a place to learn more about me. Your children need me. And when you become a parent, you just realize it's so much more than yourself. You want your children to know and understand the scripture and you want them to know the Lord and the amazing sacrifice that he, he gave for us. And I wasn't equipped or knowledgeable enough to explain that to them. And then it became kind of like a frantic thing. Like, I want my, I want my children to be saved. I want them to know Jesus Christ as their savior. And so it was constantly in the forefront of my mind. And I was driving by every day, driving by Oregon Trail, and on my way home from work one night in my work uniform, I literally just felt the car, like I just pulled in. And it said, Vacation Bible School, and it was 25 or 30 minutes before it started, and I walked right in the front door looking for somebody to talk to. I wanted my kids to participate. I wanted them to go. I felt that I needed to be there and I needed my kids to be there. And I found two amazing women in Sherry and Tamara. And they, and I said, I don't want to add to your chaos. I know you have this amazing thing going on in minutes, literally. And I want my kids to be part of it. And Sherry said, we love chaos. Have them come on over. And I said, okay, I'll call my husband and let him know. Cause, uh, he has no idea. So that is how our journey started at Oregon Trail. Um, from vacation Bible school for a week to attending on Sundays to playing church softball. Um, it just, everything kept clicking for us. The Oregon Trail church community was so welcoming and so amazing. We saw familiar faces from the community that we didn't even know attended here but we knew them as genuine, amazing, loving, compassionate people. So it was fantastic to, to know that they belonged to this church as well. Um, Pastor Bryant talks a lot about um, consumption and moving from consumption to contribution. And we definitely, in the beginning, and, and a lot to this day, are still in the consumption part of it, I believe. Um, our kids enjoy the children's programs and the softball and the vacation Bible school and some of the extra things. Um, my husband in the companion and mentoring program, which has, has been a complete life changer. Um, we are excited to get moved to the, and slide over and start being part of the contribution part of that. Um, as our faith grows and our knowledge grows, we want to start contributing. We want to start serving and we want to find our place. Um, Isaac took the bold step to be a part of the companion mentoring program. Um, he was willing to do it and I am so thankful again that he did. He has blossomed and he has grown in so many ways and I am, I am so proud of him. I, it's, it's an unusual thing now because I am so much the outspoken, 
sometimes bossy, overbearing type presence in our relationship. And he levels me out, but I'm finding that he is gaining such, such strength and such confidence in himself through all that he is acquiring at, at, in the companionship program and at church and in his faith. And he is an amazing father and more so because of it and husband. And I'm just really proud of him and I'm thankful and I'm blessed. There's been so many changes in my family that have come from, from our attendance here and from the great works that the Lord is doing in our life. Um, there's a lot of unity in our family that wasn't there before. We are cohesive and we are together and there's just a calm, like a calm peace and appreciation for each other and for the people around us. Whether it's at work or at home or at church, we just are finding that we just really love and appreciate people and you take the time to stop and enjoy that. And for that, I'm thankful. As I'm journeying along and I'm growing and I'm changing, I just, I know that my relationship with God is changing. I'm, I'm more aware of him. I'm more, of a, I'm more aware of, of the presence in my daily life and, and the things that, that maybe he's trying to tell me that I wasn't always willing to listen to. Or they talk a lot about when you pray, be careful what you pray for because it might not be the answer you want. That happens a lot in my life. <laughs> um, I'm journeying with Christ and I don't know where my journey is going to take me, but I am so happy and so blessed that I get to journey with Isaac and with Oregon Trail. I am willing to listen to what he has to say and I'm excited about it. And I'm looking forward to finding the courage and the opportunity to serve and to contribute. So this is part of my journey. I, I am Chelsea Garcia. I am blessed and I am thankful. And this is my journey. As like Chelsea was saying though, um, when we found Oregon Trail and we were watching our kids grow and blossom and learn and enjoy going to church and enjoy what they were learning and watching them and watching Chelsea as she grew and the love and the excitement of being a part of something, um, being uh, welcomed like we have here at Oregon Trail by everybody. It was just, it was awesome. It was just a, it was, it was a blessing. It was a joy to know that there was actually a place where we could actually fit in and, and be a part and grow. Um, I, at one time, didn't even know there was a journey that I was supposed to be doing what I'm doing now. And I thought, well, just by existing, by, by just believing, was going to get me through a lot of it. And now I realize there's not. Um, now that I have a relationship with God and and I have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. I, I watch that grow on my kids. I watch that grow on my family, on my wife. 
I've watched her grow. And without her by my side, being my rock, wanting me to grow, wanting me to do better, without her there, I, I, I couldn't be doing this either. So um, I am truly blessed and with my wife and my family and, and my new family here with Oregon Trail. And I just want to say thank you to all. And when God gives you that opportunity to, to do something new, to journey out, to get out of your comfort zone, take it. Um, you may not know what it meant at first, but as you start journeying, you, know, you will know then it was God and the Holy Spirit working through you, guiding you, showing you that Jesus is our way and we need to follow and uh, take the opportunity. And yes, take the opportunity and, uh, and be blessed as we are blessed. And without each other doing this and having each other working together, um, I don't think I could be here doing this myself right now. So oh, I am thankful so. and uh, I love you. And this is my journey. Right, of how God used this church, but ultimately to God sought them and moved them forward. Again, that is the gospel message. Right? And if you have not received the gift of salvation in your life, I hope that you will do that today. Again, you can ask somebody around you, you can walk, and they'll walk with you. And at the end of the service, we ask in response, you can go back to the cross and somebody will talk with you about how you can accept Christ as your Savior and join that journey of faith. Um, again, that's one side of this core value, and you see how, again, that was their perception as they showed up, right, that they were welcomed, and it's awesome to see this now two and a half years later and to see where they are now in their life and journey and how they have contributed in so many ways to our church over the, that time. But that's one side of this core value, but that's not necessarily what I want to spend the rest of the time this morning on. I, I, we see that everyone welcome is a part of the gospel, but I want to look at the other side of that coin for a minute. And that's the side that we, as, as the church, are responsible for. Because their story might be very different had they showed up and we were like, yeah, sorry, it's full. Right? Or they walked in looking for somebody and couldn't find anybody and nobody had a time to talk to Chelsea. Right? Or if they, you know, again, their, their story could have gone very different had, had the church not been the church for them. Right, and so that's the side I want to focus on here for a few minutes because, again, Jesus has taken care of the salvation part. Right? The truth is that God is the one that saves. It is not the church. It is not any one of us. Right, again, Jesus made this very clear in John 14, 6, and this is a statement, again, we've looked at many times, but Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Again, this is a, the most bold statement that Jesus ever made, and he, can, he had backed up every word of it, right? That he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and that he is the way to the Father. He is the way of salvation. Right? And when you look at that, and again, we as the church, those who are followers of Jesus that have, have accepted that way and been his Savior, we also need to realize right, that that to this entire world, if this statement is true, and we believe it is 100% true, 
then everything we know about Jesus is vital information. Right? Everything we know about Jesus is vital information. And this is information that everyone needs. And because without that information, they can never find real truth. And they can never have a true, fulfilling, eternal life. And Jesus has given all of us, as his church, the job of spreading that vital information to everyone that needs it. And that's everyone. Right? Everyone needs that vital information of Jesus. You know, we've looked at this many times throughout the series, but I want to go back to it today. Um, and if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to Matthew chapter 28. And in Matthew chapter 28, it is known as the Great Commission. And here in Matthew 28, these last uh, few verses of this gospel, this, this, uh, these words that Jesus gave to his disciples right before he ascends to heaven and passes the baton onto the church. Right in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, it's Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now Jesus gives this direct mission for us as his church to accomplish. And he has also given us some insight on how we are to accomplish this task. Jesus describes four different stages of our growth journey here in the Great Commission. Right? We all, everyone, again, everyone's welcome, and everybody starts out as a nation's people. You know, nations can be defined as a people that may or may not be attending church, but they are living apart from Jesus Christ. Right? They may or may not have attended, but they are living life apart from Jesus Christ. They have never received him as their Savior. And with the hope, right, is that they find Christ and, and they open their life and their heart to him and receive his grace and mercy and forgiveness and, and join the journey of faith. And, and then they move from a nation's person to a new disciple. And a new disciple could be defined as someone who's regularly attending church and they now have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you heard Isaac describe in his video, right, that he knew about God, but, but he realized he did not have a relationship with God. We become new disciples when we take that step of salvation, receiving Christ. And then we continue to grow as a new disciple. We start this new journey of transformation, and, and we move from being a new disciple into a disciple. Right? Somebody who's working on my faith, and I have a growing and a consistent and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It moves from this distant thing about God and to where I get to know him better, and, and I, it becomes a personal walk with Jesus. Right, as I become a, a, a committed disciple. But that's also not where the journey ends. And I continue to grow in my faith. And, and as Jesus tells that we need to mature to the place where we are teachers. Where I'm a person that is living out my faith. That I, I, I am growing and I am serving because of Jesus Christ. That I'm not only consuming the things of God, but I'm also contributing to God's kingdom. And the truth is that a healthy church will have all of these stages present among the congregation. Because if you have a church full of only people that are, that, um, people that are at the disciple and teacher stages, then we have a big problem. 
Likewise, if you only have nations and new disciples people in a church, you have an equally but opposite problem. And I believe that we all want to have a healthy church. And therefore, we need to ask the question first of what stage am I currently in in my own faith? Right? And, and what stages do we have present in our church currently? And how, what can we then do to strengthen the ones that are not as present as the other ones? Again, as I've watched and grown with Oregon Trail over the last several years as your pastor, to say as I've watched our church grow through these different phases. Right? And to say that, that we are, again, a new season where I feel like we have a very strong foundation of people and of, of, of disciples and teachers within our congregation. And, and this next season, I believe, for our church is to reach out a lot more to these nations and new disciples. And as we look at that, again, I, I fully believe right, that God has big plans for our valley and Oregon Trail is at the center of those plans. But secondly, we need to evaluate, are we doing things that will reach and minister to all of these stages? Again, if nations people show up, will they be welcomed? Right? Will they find the love of Christ in who we are and how we interact with them? As we see, all of these core values and our vision needs to work together to, to have the same effect in each one of our lives that Isaac and Chelsea talked about. So how do we live out this core value? How do we live out all of these core values, this entire vision, and we put them together? The, the first thing that we need to do is we need to have a growing faith ourselves. Right? Every one of us here needs to be growing in our faith. If you still have breath in your lungs, your journey is not over, and you still have more growing to do. That transformation faith journey does not end until you are face-to-face with Jesus in his unhindered presence in heaven. And until that glorious, miraculous moment, you still have growing to do in your faith. Where are you at in your faith? Where is your spiritual journey at? Are you stalled at all in your faith? Are are you complacent? Or are you eager for more, for the next step, for the next phase, the next season of your faith journey? And are are you... doing the things you need to do to move forward as we look at the whole spiritual journey. Attend, grow, serve, lead, and mentor. Right? Where are you at on that journey? Are you, are you just consuming it? If you're in a season of life where you're that, that nation or that new disciple and you're just consuming, that, that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. That's where you need to be. But if you have been consuming for decades, it's time to move forward in the journey. Are, are, are you contributing in ways? Are you learning about who God is? Are, are you taking the steps that you need to take, whether that might be a, jur- a journey class or, or being baptized or, or committing to, to tithing for the first time or, or, or finding somebody and committing to mentor them in the faith and, and text them and pray for them daily and, and encourage them to move forward in their faith? What steps do you need to take in your life to move your faith forward and keep it growing? Attend, grow, serve, lead, and mentor. 
Right? And we as a church can evaluate our own selves and saying, where are we at? Is, are people moving forward through this journey? How many people have we baptized this year? Right? How many people, compared to our Sunday morning attendance, how many people are involved in small groups? How many people are serving? How many people are mentoring? Right? And we start to count numbers a little bit differently. Right? Saying, are we accomplishing our vision? Are people moving forward in their journey, or are they not? Just based on last Sunday's numbers. Hey, I kind of take a look at those, and as we talked about all generations, and that was kind of at the present in my mind, if we looked at that, I want to compare our adult numbers to our youth numbers from last Sunday. Hey, and looking at those numbers from last Sunday, 40% of our adult attendance is involved in small groups. And 90% of our youth are involved in small groups. They're killing it. Right? Or as adults are maybe not doing such a good job. According to our last week's attendance numbers, 32% of our adult attendants are serving in some capacity in their life. 50% of our youth are serving in their life and faith. They're killing it. In fact, we see that. If you just look today, how many youth are on the stage playing or in the sound booth or serving in the kids' area, right? Our, our youth are setting a great example for us, adults. Is your faith growing? Are you moving forward in the journey? Are you faithful to the season that you're in? The next thing we need to do as we live out this core value is share your journey stories. Right, share your journey stories. I know God is at work in many people's lives, and we want to celebrate that together. And, and I hope you were encouraged and blessed by Isaac and Chelsea's story this morning. But, but what about your story might help someone else grow? Share your journey stories. If you want to make one, just make it on your phone and send us the video or talk with me or, or others on the staff, and we can, we'll make, help you make it. But we need to share our stories of how God's working. And then lastly, we need to help others grow. Right, you need to be a, a disciple that is going to help other disciples be better disciples, because that in turn will help me be a better disciple. Again, every church thinks it's welcoming, but the truth is most aren't. And we tend to only talk to those that we already know. And we see in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus says, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. And the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Again, are we loving God with everything we have? Are we helping other people in their journey, helping them love God with everything they have? And, and Jesus says, you know what, you don't have to worry about too much, just these two things. You do these two things, and everything else will work out. If, are we truly as individuals, as a church, are we truly doing that? I see lots of us that are. And I want to see us continue to grow together as a church as we all do that. And as we think about this, as we live out our vision, and live out these core values, I, I want to, to leave us just with, with this idea, okay, and the, of the, the fact that what you attract people with is what you will keep people with. And we are committed to these core values of our church. And that these core values are attractive. 
And the truth is what people find when they show up here, I hope, is that people that love Jesus with everything they have and have genuine relationships with each other and with our community. Because that is what will keep people, that is what will sustain our own faith and our own church. And again, we need to be doing things in our lives that help attract nations people to join the journey. You know, we do those things throughout the year. We have Trunk or Treat that's coming up here at the end of the month, and this is one of the great opportunities we have as a church to reach out to our community, right? Because the community shows up. There will literally be hundreds of people that walk through here on Halloween night. And again, are we going to live out our core values to those people that night? I hope that we will. I hope that we will be a church that that lives out these core values and we see this vision moving forward every single day in our lives. This is my final thought this morning. At the core of the gospel is God's heart to save everyone. As followers of Jesus, we show this truth to the nations and the more that you journey in your faith, the more that your life will show that everyone truly is welcome. Again, are you journeying forward in your faith? Are you going to be true to the season that, that you're in? Are you going to take the next step? Again, whether that's volunteering, whether that's receiving Christ as your Savior for the first time, right? whether that's um, being baptized. Well, I don't know what the next step in your journey is, but I hope you will take it. Lord God, we are thankful, God, that we can come to you just as we are. God, that no matter where we are in our life or in our faith, God, that we can come to you. Lord, we can receive you. We can feel your presence and your love. And God, we thank you that we are welcome in your arms. But God, we also thank you that we can come as we are, but Lord, you love us enough to not leave us the same. And God, you want to transform our hearts and you want us to move forward in our journey with you and become more like Christ. And I pray, God, that as we go this week, God, that we would move forward in our own faith. God, and we would, through us growing in our own faith, God, we would invite others to join the journey with us. And God, I pray that you would put those opportunities in front of us this week, God, that we can share who you are with people not just through our lives, God, but, but we would help them to find you and to move forward in their life and their faith as well. God, help us to be the church this week. Lord, in, through everything that we do, every conversation we have, God, we love you. We thank you for walking with us. Lord, guide us as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.